Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breakout. This is episode number 99 for Wednesday, Whoa. August 16th, 2023. My name is Marty Sleeveman. As always, I'm joined by Casey Wosu and Nick Calandra. How's it going, fellas? Good. It's going all right. Another very busy week. Uh, Wait, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna break out 100 the week of Gamescom. That's fun. Yeah. Oh we're, wow. It's, we do How? all in German. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Let's bring some bratwurst on the stream. <laughs> we can have bratwurst. Yeah, currywurst. We can have some ham hock. It'll be great. Uh, welcome everyone to Breakout. We have a great show for you today. Uh, as you can see, our main topic. Uh, everyone's talking about Baldur's Gate 3. We talked about it last week. We talked about it slightly something else. We're talking about it a lot. And now we're going to be talking about the talking about Baldur's hey, Gate 3. Uh, <laughs> we're going to sort of just, we're going to wade into the... Is real. Exactly. We're going to wade into the uh, discourse muck and mire. Uh, some of the dev reactions to uh, the game's kind of scope and scale. Some of the uh, editorial uh, response to that. Uh, also, like from from a video that went viral uh, on IGN, and sort of the discussion around this about how what does Baldur's Gate three mean going forward? How do devs feel about it, and should it be a, a new standard for games after that? Um, and then we got some smaller news. Uh, Scott Pilgrim anime got its trailer. It's coming in November. Looks great. Has the the, the movie voice cast. It's great. Everyone from the movie's back. Hmm. It's great. Um, and then Gone Home had its 10th anniversary this week. And I feel like that's a game that we forget about a lot, but uh, I feel like it ushering in or at least helping popularize the uh, walking sim genre, whatever you want to call it. I didn't mean that pejoratively. Um, I feel like elements of that are found in so many other games now. And we had a great piece this uh, week from one of our writers, Damien, uh, about uh, that very thing. But how are you guys doing? Once again, I'm tired. <laughs> a very busy week again. <laughs> no, remember when I was busy as editor in chief? Now I'm like, no, you busy. were. You were, just put, you were putting your feet up. You were just playing siege and getting yeah, angry. You were playing hella siege at Halo, from what I heard. Yeah. Well, you know what? Now I don't have time for that. So <laughs> exactly. Now I'm, it makes me more tired. Yeah, you don't. You don't have an outlet. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about Master Chief? The 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 leaks, the rumors, the reports. Casey, you can't you can't speak on this. I don't know what you're talking about, Master Chief. <laughs> is coming to the video game Rainbow Six Siege. I have no opinion on it until KC gets me a code for it. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Wait, that's that leaked? I thought that was announced. No. Oh, it leaked. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot more sense why I was turned down for a code for it, because it doesn't formally it's exist It's not yet. real yet. <laughs> Shit. Well, I expect a code in my inbox when it is real. Uh, I, uh, if I put, <laughs> yeah. I would put, I would put money down. It's launching on Tuesday during the Gamescom showcase. That's when I think it's going to launch. I don't know that. I don't have any facts. I don't even know if fucking Ubisoft or Microsoft are going to be there. I do know Microsoft's going to be there. Never mind. Yeah, they've said multiple times they're having like their biggest booth showcase ever there. Yeah, big old booths. Um, yeah. Speaking of Gamescom, we're going to be we're going to be coming at you live with the Gamescom showcase on Tuesday. I don't. Is Casey going to be there? Casey might be there. <laughs> Maybe we haven't confirmed. Sure. You know, Casey's Casey's a TBD. <clears throat> You know, he just he won't be there. He won't be there unless he brings a Master Chief code with him. I'm not in charge of Master Chief codes, Nick. Uh, so he's not editor of Master Chief codes. You got to talk to three four three Industries. They have to deal with all the Master Chief stuff. I work for Rainbow Six. Siege. They didn't even give me a review copy for Halo Infinite. You think they're going to give me a Master Chief Siege code? Two of my game, my favorite <laughs> games. You're a dirty player. You're a dirty player. That's why you need a review. Code. <laughs> yeah, they, they've seen your, uh, your two, stuff. two of my two of my favorite games. I get shafted on them both. No documentary for Siege, no Master Chief, no Halo Infinite code. What's the point of even being a fanboy? 
You don't get yeah, nothing. You don't get nothing. I think you solved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've reached the conclusion. Shit. No the chat says you're just too sweaty. I'm never going to be a fan of anything ever again. I hate everything. Perfect. <laughs> Do you like, I'm just going to be like Yahtzee. You're going to have oh, another Yahtzee on stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Be, generally, just be more like Yahtzee. I think that generally goes well on this channel. Okay. <laughs> let me uh, practice my. Well, well for him. Let me practice my UK voice. Yeah, bring up a bunch of fucking sitcoms from the 80s that nobody knows about. Everyone in chat is like, ah, yes, I loved that show. The Faulty Towers, give me more. Ah, uh, you wanker. Why do you like... That was like an Australian and UK voice. I don't even know what just happened. Yeah. And Amy's in the chat, which isn't great. Twat. Uh, welcome. Uh, there's so many early access members. I don't even know if I should start somewhere. I th assume Jack was reading their names. Although it seems silly to assume Jack was reading their names. Uh, but everyone who joined Early Access and Patreon today, just a big lump sum. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you are an Early Access member on YouTube or on Patreon, uh, you can watch Yahtzee Zero Punctuation on Baldur's Gate 3. Early Access members get that right now. Everyone else gets Viewfinder yeah. in my, my friendly neighborhood. Those those games are fine. You know, usually, no PG3, though. usually I don't like when my email blows up, but today's been a good day. <laughs> just blowing up with Patreon subscribers, so if you're nice. in the chat... Is that why you're so exhausted? I've been reading I, so many Yeah, emails. well, like, I literally went up to take a nap and my phone just kept vibrating. I was like, stop it. Stop stop giving us money. But you got to take a nap today? I didn't get to take a nap today. <laughs> all those fumes, baby. I don't know what those were. Those, were my those, fumes. those are fumes. That's, no, that's an international <laughs> sign for fumes. <laughs> ASL. Oh, wait, there's American Sign Language. Is it international sign language? ISL? Oh, I, I don't know. I thought that was a space station. Ooh, that might be a space station or age, sex, location. Do you remember that from from like AOL and Messenger? Uh, I I'd forgotten it, but thanks for reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. That, that was a different time. Wait, we that had, was a different time. We had to we had to, we had to give age, sex, and location for AIM. No, you didn't it have was to. Like, it was yeah. It was, it was just like a conversation starter. Yeah, if you were a you know, like, oh yeah, a stranger would be A slash S slash L. Like oh age, yeah, sex, I remember that. I was yeah, too young. I ain't to talking to no that. boys online. <laughs> 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 Remember, uh, Ome but there's no way anyone could ever lie to me. <laughs> no, the, the real bad one was Omegle or Omegle, or I just called it Smeagle. Oh, the that chat roulette thing. <laughs> yeah, Omegle. <laughs> That's what that is, right? I think no? so. Are those different I don't things? Know what Omega Omegle seems like a, a digivolution. The, uh, Omegle Omegle is like. Yeah, Omegle is just a bad place. You didn't want to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I lied. I'm going to go search Omegle. I'm going to go <laughs> hang out there. If it still exists. Uh, we no dilly yet. We've been fucking dilly dallying too much, guys. There's too much dilly. You got. I got dilly to my left and dally to my right. We got to talk about some of the news so we can get to Baldur's Gate 3 and the Angry Boys. Um, gone home. 10th anniversary. The game came out uh, this week in 2013. Uh, wasn't the first walking simulator that uh, Dear some people credit. Yeah, Dear Esther is what I credit. Some people say Mist is, but Mist has just got a bunch of puzzles. Yeah, Dear, so Dear Esther, Esther literally, you didn't do anything it. besides walk in Dear Esther. <laughs> it's just fucking pure walkies. Uh, and then obviously from uh, Gone Home, we've seen the, the growth of the genre into things like Firewatch, into things like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, um, even like modes in games like Soma when they take away the horror element of it. You've seen some of that inspiration you know horror as a whole has sort of uh pulled in some of this identity and i would even go on to argue that a lot of triple a games have sort of 
slow uh a slow methodical walk in kind of walk and talk walking simulator-esque uh sections red dead 2 comes to mind with that god of war comes to mind with that 2018 um but yeah did you did you guys ever get into going home or ever get into the the sort of the walking sim genre do you hold it as highly as i do i you know I, i've played a lot of them for some reason i've never played any gone home or tacoma mm-hmm I don't know. Maybe I think maybe just the art didn't appeal to me. Like I like a walking simulator that like enraptures me with its art style. Yeah, so, like, this was very much just a, a, a pretty modest house. Not modest. It was actually a pretty large house in uh, uh, hmm. the north northwest United States. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny when Dear Esther came out though. It was like there was a lot of hype for it because it was like a graphical showpiece at the time. Mm-hmm. But, but then, like we all realized, like oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> you can't play it which is it's, it's crazy to me though like the chinese room like built their entire studio off that game yeah and then would go on to obviously work on amnesia soma um the, the aforementioned everybody's gone to the rapture um wait like, no, I, I, the, the chinese room didn't do soma that was frictional games frictional oh yeah because they, they, they both they, have worked on amnesia games they, yeah yeah, yeah. So. the chinese room did the uh, amnesia machine for pigs yeah i i remember during Gone Home's like heyday, tons and tons of discourse. Like people saying like, oh, this is such a great video game experience. And others saying like, there's no game in this video game experience. And like that push and pull. And I have to say like, while I never played the game, I didn't really form any strong opinions about it. Um, that moniker, Walking Simulator, did hit me with a bit of a negative connotation. And I've honestly not really found myself pulled to try any of them since then like I've, I've not played you know everyone gone to the rapture i've not played tacoma or firewatch i've heard such great things about the storytelling in those games mm-hmm. like i just gravitate to stuff that gives me a little bit more to do <laughs> like i want to say like the closest i've had are like some of the like more traditional adventure games that are in third uh first person or third person even you play where like there's a call of the sea no i've not even heard of that one okay yeah, yeah, you uh, have. I don't know. There was one called they, the Shattering. Weren't you on the develop? Weren't you? They came on uh, uh, our indie showcase to talk about Call of the Sea. I'm pretty sure you were there for the interview. <laughs> Call of the Sea. I have no recollection. It was a first of this. person kind of colorful. You were like a, on a woman, Paradise woman Island, Island puzzles. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, he'll figure <laughs> it out later. <laughs> yeah, I have to look it up later. Maybe, maybe it'll click. But yeah, so um, yeah, I've, I've, this is a genre that I've just full on kind of avoided. Because like in my, I feel like it just wouldn't be something I'd want to stick with. Um, but I don't know uh, the the vanishing of Ethan Carter. That is that one of these? Yeah, absolutely. Because that because of all mechanics, but um, okay, yeah. Because all of the ones that I've heard that have gotten big, like that's the one that I'm like, well, maybe one day I'll sit down and go through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I mean, for for the people who like it, you know, good on them. It's just it's, it hasn't pulled me in just yet. Yeah, and we've seen it kind of grow and evolve and and draw in some of those mechanics horror games like the layers of fear even pt uh pulling in some of that stuff uh um stanley parables kind of with its fourth wall breaking you know meta commentary and everything and then you get little bits bits of it i see acts and mentioning outer wilds and games like that but um yeah it's you put uh, wilds in that sort of a or you're uh, saying it has el- 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 elements of no outer wilds is definitely more of a puzzle game but you're not like getting abilities you don't really have mechanics like i guess i mean you are getting abilities though you get mind abilities yeah. <laughs> 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 ability to think <laughs> greatest ability of them all 
Um, would you rather have $10 million or dinner with Elon? Dinner with Elon's worth way more than $10 million. Uh, so yeah, going home. Uh, it's a genre. It's a genre I like, a genre I want to continue. I feel like it's a genre that would be great in, um, in VR. We got a Daracene from, uh, FromSoft. They're only foray into VR, which was sort of walkie simulators. Um, but I don't, I feel like VR hasn't really, hasn't really gone whole hog into it yet. VR is all about interactivity, so a walking sim of VR is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you need more systems. VR is also about existing in a space. Yeah, but like you need to be able to interact with that space that's existing in the space. Just moving a button forward in VR is boring. Uh, An argument can definitely be made for like the, the spectacle of, of pretend being somewhere. Like, if you're, oh, I'm in the middle of this crazy scenery... And like it feels really real because like you're at the center of it. I think if it's done well, that can be an experience. But like, yeah, it, do, it seems like more people have <laughs> leaned towards the. In order to make this interesting, you gotta you gotta manipulate this stuff. But they haven't really made that work as well. I like uh, yeah. I like when a, a YouTube user is name accurately represents them, and we just <laughs> knock them out of the chat. You didn't, I don't even know what this, 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 what a guy, a guy named, I, I'm pointing out because I just think it's funny Clint, this guy literally named Clown says yes they are panicking bootlicker bye bye I literally don't even see it in the chat you're just making up fake YouTube chats nope now. it's gone now <laughs> I see a clown was hidden by yeah. the <laughs> that's a good good name for you <laughs> we need a sign uh, Nick has publicly gotten angry at the community. I wasn't mad. I think it's, it's funny. This many I thought days. it was funny. <laughs> it's just it just fit perfectly. Their name was Clown, and they were in fact a clown. <laughs> so they did a good thing. They they correctly identified themselves. They did. Yeah, it made yeah. it made my job easy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I had a really great transition, but now we're just going to talk about step over <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I feel like you don't understand. Steering a show, when someone just comes in and starts talking about the man clown no one has seen, that makes steering a little bit hard. That's like like try that's like holding your phone up to I, someone who's driving a car and being like, look what, what I did to clown. Exactly. I am like fool. There I are, am the guy that will that. grab the steering wheel and say, ooh, look over there. Let's go there first. But then we all died. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's there's a always idea. a risk to that. We're, we were on the road, and we are not Look, on the road. I broke, I broke out of the discussion. It's fine. That's it's the, the, it's the name of the, the show. show. We named it. No, it we named mean it anything. Breakout, so I can it ruin things. Mean anything. <laughs> we Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not gonna tolerate any of this on show 100. <laughs> no, this is going to be in German. You better German. I'm going to be drunk as shit for show 100. <laughs> specific, specific schedules. Um, I'll probably be more docile when I'm drunk. <laughs> so, uh, like, oh, that clown. What a nice fellow bootlicker. You could be like, I'm sorry <laughs> when I said the clown. <laughs> Come back. Uh, the Scott Pilgrim anime. We knew it was coming. It's coming to Netflix. It's coming uh, this fall. I'm I'm putting the the trailer down that came out this morning. Uh, everyone everyone's involved. Just everyone everyone from the movie is is reprising their roles. It looks wonderful. Uh, Casey, are you, I feel like you're a Scott Pilgrim fan. I feel like we've talked about this. Oh, I'm a massive Scott Pilgrim fan. I'm, I'm sure I've said it before, but not only do I own the several hard copies of the movie, um, I 
I own copies of the game. I own the graphic novel box set behind me. I own the soundtrack for both the movie and the game's soundtrack. Uh, it got me into Anamata uh, Gucci, who was the people who did the game soundtrack and whatnot. It's it's a fantastic graphic novel and literally the only graphic novel that I've like kind of glommed onto in this way. Um, and the movie is surprisingly, it's it's so close to the source material. It does cut some things, but those mm-hmm. things that it cu- cut, you do not miss at all. So it's honestly one of the best adaptations of a thing, period, that I've ever seen. And weirdly enough, the fact that they're like, hey, let's do it again. Let's animate it. It's like, okay, this is the only thing left yeah. for Scott Pilgrim at this point. Like, yeah. yes, turn it into an animated series. And I've said this before. All adaptations, even live action ones, benefit from switching to animation, not the other way around. Like, if you want to make a live action thing, you might run into some risks, and it'll probably never be as good as the original thing when it's live action. But animation can always give you an edge because, that, like, it's moving for the first time, or you can do stuff that you you couldn't do with like real humans. That's my opinion. You've said that before. Yes, and it sounds insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming from someone who likes a lot of animated adaptations sure Just fine the the saying that it's always can always be it's improved always it can always be better if you make an animation hmm. um that aside i completely agree i'm really uh, i'm really i'm really looking forward to this um that that movie and pretty much all of edgar wright's movies uh mean a lot to me i thought the graphic novel was great i am curious to see what this thing is like what is how different it is, especially with bringing back the same actors. I'm like, what is your goal here? Like, what are we doing? Why are we doing like it? It, it honestly feels like a, a fusion of everything that was in the book and um, everything that was in the movie. Because like, get, like, again, the movie is a very, very faithful adaptation. Like there's like shot for shot remakes of like comic panel scenes. And like, it's weird because they're kind of redoing that homage because like now they're sort of framing the stuff in the anime the same way as they did in the comic book, but it looks like the movie. Yeah. Because the movie was framed the exact same way. So like, if you're a fan of just the movie, like you're going to see that and be like, oh, they're like doing a shot for shot remake of the movie. Yeah. So like, it's it's really, really cool looking. And the fact that all the voices match up um, and, the, and the weird uh, thing where almost everybody on that cast is like so much more famous crazy. than they were when, is, they, when they first did it. It is crazy. Like, when you look at like how everyone's stock skyrocketed after that, from Anna Kendrick to to Aubrey Plaza to to, to anyone, like everybody, like freaking uh, Chris, uh, I was gonna say Pine. It's not Pine. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. He was one, one of the evil exes. exes. Oh. Yeah, Brie Larson, one of the evil exes. Yeah, yeah. Brie Larson, or his, his ex, I guess. Brandon Ruth was a Superman on yeah. CW. Michael oh, he was Sarah's Superman, and then another Superman. He was Michael Sarah was probably Spider Man in some sort of an alternate universe. <laughs> Michael Sarah just is in a billion dollar movie. He was just in the Barbie movie. Oh, that's right. Which is coming out to VOD in like two weeks. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you <laughs> can keep it in that th- money. <laughs> you can keep it in theaters for like six months, and people are still going to that movie. Yeah, Why is it coming? But they out haven't got my money. They'll get my money when it comes out on VOD. <laughs> no, they're not. You're gonna buy it on fucking. You're gonna buy it on t- the titanium disc or whatever. Then they're getting more of my money. <laughs> Cheapskate moviegoer. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah, you, Mr. I don't go watch Avatar 2 after hyping it up forever. That's because I did my duty. You haven't even seen it yet. I told you. I described it as we used to have an event planner who's incredible. 
she would spend six months playing an event, would go to the party, have one drink, and then just leave. Wouldn't enjoy the party. She's like, I just wanted to set up the dominoes and then tip them over. And then my job's done. So that was me with Avatar. I set up the dominoes. I tipped them over. And James Cameron, thank you. <laughs> um, James Cameron actually didn't thank me. No, I he's, be he's, honest, he actively hates you now because you didn't go watch this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> You're on his hit list. No, I, I saw True Lies in theaters. He can't hate me. This is the first James Cameron movie I haven't seen in theaters since Term- since Terminator 1. Were you like just, young to see Terminator 1? I think I was, yeah, I was baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was baby, so I could go see Terminator 1. Um, yeah, it's weird that I didn't go see it. I don't know what's going on. I was busy that day, week, month. Casey's internet is uh, having fun today. <laughs> yeah, your internet's doing a little, doing little uh, scoopy boopies. Yeah, that New Jersey you were, internet. You were doing so good, though. We didn't want to... <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. You were doing great, though. You can't really do anything about it, but yeah, you know, I, I just I want to know you're doing great. Uh, same thing I have with Darren this week. So you know what? Sometimes uh, the, even the best of us have technical issues. Uh, Nick, me, have you never. fucking what are you talking about? <laughs> Every stream with you. Oh, I spilled water. <laughs> oh no, waterboarded my USBs. Uh, <laughs> did you watch Scott Pilgrim? I feel like I did when it originally came out, but that was so long ago. Like I don't remember it because the only I. For some reason, did it come out like around the same time as Juno, or not long after? Or am I thinking of Kick? I'm think, or no. am I thinking of Kick Ass? Might be thinking. Of kick I think Kick Ass and like Juno came out right around the same time. So okay. I don't know if I've actually Juno sometime after. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched the Scott Pilgrim movie. Thanks. <clears throat> some for some reason, like place it around the same time as as uh, that movie I just said, Kick Ass. <laughs> I mean, it was that was like the height of Michael Cera's movie. Career. Yeah, like, it was yeah, like it was. he was, was in Scott everything. Pilgrim, which didn't re- actually do well in theaters, but like people loved it. It was critically acclaimed. It was Scott Pilgrim, it was Juno, it was super uh, bad, super bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was in a couple other ones that kind of didn't really do anything. And then now he's just like a weird <laughs> actor who pops up. Yeah, this. but he's great. He's our but he, but he like the stuff he pops up in. It's like they end up being like pretty good. Yeah, no, I think he, I think he's probably got enough money to where he could pick and choose the interesting things. Like he showed up in Twin Peaks: The Return. In one episode, he was like, great. He was great. This little role. Same thing in like Barbie. Like, it's great. I would love to have just like enough money to be set for life and then just be able to be like, yes, every few years I want to do this weird thing. He's great. Yeah. Do you know, uh, he should, you know, he should roll to George Lucas and Scott Pilgrim was 2010. So was thank it, you, George so Lucas. When was kick ass then? So pre Scott Pilgrim. Pre Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think kick ass was probably around, probably around 2012. Seven nine, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. You, yeah, uh, I just, I just, my, my brain just like puts puts it in that time period. So I don't know. No, I get it. Brains are weird. Kick ass twenty ten too. Speaking of weird, speaking of weird brains, uh, at the beginning of Baldur's Gate three, some some shit happens to your brain. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit happens to your brain. <laughs> a lot of shit happens to your brain. But before we that get to a, that, that I didn't want to interrupt that anybody and break out the podcast again. But Fuckness Finder donated two dollars. Says welcome to Clown Town. Oh, I even had that written down, but uh, clown. That was great. Yeah, I don't. I had it written down. I just ignored it. <laughs> so that was on me, Fungus Finder. Uh, mm-hmm. And thank you so much for the two dollar donation. All your donations right now are going towards uh, Casey and I's next streaming series. After we finish Portal Two and Portal Two Co op, we'll be going through Devil May Cry. And we'll be making friends with Dante. We'll make friends with Virgil. Others. <laughs> yeah, who, who was in that game? Oh, Nero. 
Yeah, some dude named Nero. Yeah, he's in the game. There's probably someone named Allegheny, so it'll be great. And, uh, and then Abdal, thank you so much for the dono. I only picture Nick driving a clown car and later explaining how to crash was a sad and hilarious accident. Just wanting to put that idea out there. <laughs> yeah, your clown car would just have like a hundred asthmatic girls with their uh, uh, heads out the window getting decapitated by <laughs> telephone bowls. If you haven't seen Hereditary... That sounded like a fucking psychopath sentence. Yeah, you're worse than me <laughs> laughing like a genuine psychopath <laughs> sentence. Halfway through that sentence, I'm like, man, this <laughs> pulled a Yahtzee. If you've seen Hereditary. If you've seen Hereditary and know that Nick laughed at that scene. <laughs> fucking the Venn diagram. Oh, my God. That was a lot of required reading for that joke. I yeah. shouldn't have made that. That was one of those jokes I usually say in my head and then giggle at. But that, that didn't work. Wait, did you have something you were going to say, Nick? Are you just going to let me follow in this? Not yeah, I'm, let, I'm just, I'm just I'm chat. I appreciate it. I would do the chats. I would do the exact same. Chats thing. having fun with that one. I'm, I, I would do the exact. I would do the exact same thing to you. So I, <laughs> I appreciate it. This is, this is all. Yeah, I mean. Henry says the intrusive thoughts won, Marty. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, to get to the uh, to the main topic at hand, it's only 25 minutes in. So if you're in the comments and you're like, "Why aren't they talking about the thing?" It's fine. It's fine. Just fucking go do something else. It's fine. You're back. You're back. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for your viewership. Um, Baldur's Gate three. Uh, apart from the game itself, which we will do, we want to just talk about our impressions of the game first because you two have both been playing the game. Or do you want to jump right into the the, the scuttlebutt and the, then the talk about? Let's, the let's game, jump into the, the discourse because we'll we'll talk about it for the games we've been playing because we we did a sure. bunch of impressions last week. Uh, that's true. Uh, Nick, do you wanna do you wanna just sort of set the set the table for everyone? Sure. Too bad clown's not in chat anymore to call me but look bootlicker again. <laughs> uh, anyways, so, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate 3, done very, very well sales-wise. Critical reception has been fantastic. And uh, there's, there's been some tweets about it. And it has led to some, I think, really interesting industry discourse. But I think the crux of the discourse has been completely missed by the people trying to cover it because they're only reading one section of a very large tweet thread and have basically turned this into a developers are panicking about Baldur's Gate 3 and they don't want to uh, uh, they don't want to try to reach the quality of Baldur's Gate 3 or they don't care and all this laziness bullshit and everything and it's uh it's it's kind of goofy because like uh and I was, I'm not going to say I was part of it or anything like that, but like originally I shared the iGen video kind of agreeing with it. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, mm, no, not really. Um, so the the context here is IGN released a video that said uh, developers are panicking over Baldur's Gate 3. And the, the video goes into a lot of like the business side of things where like he's complaining, uh, Destin Ligari who made the video is complaining about kind of what's going on with, you know, AAA games and microtransactions and releasing unfinished games and everything. And like, why can't they reach the standard of Baldur's Gate 3? And it's because they don't care or whatever. He kind of put the onus on the developers and not really the publishers that make a lot of these business decisions about it. Um, but he based his entire video off uh, Exelvier's. I, I will not be able to say his name is right, but Exelvier's. Exelvier. Exelvier's Nelson G. Exelvier. Zalavir, no X. Zalavir Nelson Jr.'s tweet thread, which I'm going to read for verbatim on this podcast for anybody listening audio-wise because um, most people just pulled the first tweet that he wrote and then went with that mm -hmm. as their entire story, and it's just stupid and wrong. 
not his tweet, the people that did that. <laughs> yeah. And as a just a bit of context, Olivier is an indie dev. He's uh, worked on the upcoming game uh, El Paso Elsewhere, which I'm really excited for, which is like spooky classic Max Payne. Uh, he worked on Hypnospace Outlaw. He's also one of the writers on the South Park game that just got announced um, the other day. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna Spoilers go through this. Yeah, we're gonna go through this uh, this thread. So, uh, like a lot of people, I'm deeply excited about what the lovely folks at Larian accomplished with Baldur's Gate Three. But I want to gently, preemptively push back against players taking that excitement and using it to apply criticism or a raised standard to RPGs going forward. So, for pretty much everybody, every YouTuber that did a video on this video, I, I mean on this tweet thread, that's the tweet they pulled from, and that's it. And they based their entire criticism of what he had to say and what developers were saying that developers were too scared to like basically raise a standard after this. Yeah. And, uh, as a detail, this was a tweet thread from July 8th. Yeah. A month before the game. launched. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he continues, you can't separate a game from the process used to build it. So let's look at what Larian is taking into the development and final version of this game. One dev cycle stretching back to 2017, Two massive games and their definitive editions, worth of tech and institutional knowledge to draw from. Three super successful early access period lasting three years, providing crucial community feedback, bug hunting, and cash flow. Four, over 400 developers in seven different offices around the world, not including outsourcing partners. Five, the license, brand, and world of one of the largest entertainment IPs in the world at the apex of its popularity with the rise of the actual play movement and a movie. This is a small, incomplete list. Larian is coming into this game swinging with a with the gigantic weight of expectation to deal with, but they're also doing it with an immense amount of wind, direct experience, resources, specialty tooling, etc. All at their backs. As it's too long, didn't read. In an era of mega games, Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the largest attempt, largest attempted, built by a specialized group of people using mature tech, specifically built to make this specific game reinforced by invaluable mass player feedback and market validation ahead of its launch. This is not a new baseline for RPGs. This is an anomaly. <clears throat> Trying to do the same thing in the same way, especially without the same advantages, could kill an entire group of studios. If they go as big or bigger with their next title, Larian themselves could die. That's the risk and reward of the mega game. We are an industry dangling elephants over cliffs, pointing at the ones that don't collapse under their own weight as indictments to the ones that do. So please celebrate the achievement represented by Baldur's Gate 3. It looks like a massive amount of effort is about to pay off in a big way for one of the brightest voices in the medium. But if you shout every RPG should be like this going forward, you have no excuse. You've not just missed the point. You've created the expectations and conditions to ensure your favorite creators may never be able to give you the thing that you love ever again. So that's the entire thread. And it's like none of that is to me is controversial. Um, also, like <laughs> we uh, one of the things that got um, pushed around that wasn't also also wasn't true. And I didn't know until you know, I was corrected uh, is that wizards of the coast, the IP holder for Baldur- dungeons and dragons did not publish uh Baldur's gate three. So that means they did not fund this game. They did not give Larian the money to make this yeah. game. I think Larian literally had to buy La- or had yeah. to pay. Yeah. For yeah. Larian, yes. Larian paid wizard of the coast for the privilege to make the game using their license. Um, mm. And I, and I remember that, too, because like when we were out fin- filming the Divinity documentary, uh, <laughs> they had Dungeons and Dragons books all over their office. And we basically had to hide them from our shots, like, you know, push them aside, cover them with stuff. Um, so anyways, like a lot of a lot of like pundit YouTubers and everything have taken this thread to say, like, you know, the developers are panicking. And like there, there's been some tweets from developers that I definitely disagree with. Like there was one. um 
uh, from the developer of the Anacrusis, uh, Chet. I, I forget his. I can't that say. Fallacy. Yeah, and he worked on like Portal, and now they're working on the Anacrusis early access game. Where he was kind of talking about like um, IGN being kind of the reason that like early access games are are hampered in reviews um, because like they're reviewing incomplete games and all that as a finished product. But I mean you're uh you're selling a product at that point and like the consumer deserves to know is this worth buying now or to wait and i think a lot of developers have gotten maybe too cozy with the press where it's like we're providing artistic feedback but it's both it's we're providing artistic and consumer feedback and there needs to be a balance in that and i think some developers have gotten too cozy in the fact that like we need to be kind of nice and friendly and tiptoeing around you know their work and it's like well you're also selling a product for money uh, so there needs to be there's going to be critical feedback if you release um, and I, I tweeted about it too like what is the what is the standard release for an early access game there is no standard some developers release it barely working some developers release it with 40 hours of content like Baldur's Gate 3 um, and I think that's a completely separate discussion so um, with this whole discourse I just I just think it's funny that a lot of people are like saying developers are panicking and all that because I follow thousands of developers at this point. All of them are, are loving Baldur's Gate 3, are excited by it. And they're also like, they're intimidated by it because it's so good. And they're like, man, like there's so much to learn from this and everything. But nobody's like, well, we can't make our game that good, so we're not going to try. No developer goes out to do that. Uh, which is, it's just goofy that that has been a, uh, a talking it's, point thrown around. It's weird. Why did this start with this and why wasn't this a talking point with two months ago with tears of the kingdom or a year ago with elden ring when these games launched that um you know in an in an age where especially if you're playing pc ports as full of a lot of stuff the games come out day one and are kind of in shoddy condition and some games take a couple days a couple weeks to get fixed some games take a couple years to get to this was our original vision like no Man's Sky, or like um, uh, we're seeing with uh, CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk soon. Um, and then keep in mind that this was a, a full-priced early access game for three years. And so to anyone saying it's releasing bug-free, that's not true because, A, they just announced that they're pushing a patch with thousands of bug <laughs> yeah, fixes. Yeah, that's not, not bug-free at all. Uh, and B, it was in early access for three years. So if you would have played the game three years ago, like, is this, do people want... Going forward, all games did be in three years of early access. Like, do we like? Yeah, I mean, that's and that, and that's like where every every pundit video that went on about this like missed the whole point. Like, this game had three years of early access to iron out the bugs, to get player feedback, to fix things, to you know test everything that they were doing. Uh, and like Larian, Larian's one of the best in the business at early access games. Like, they know how to do it they did it with divinity original sin they did it with divinity original sin 2 like exel exel of your no x delete x from your from your no you know what the problem is you got pornos on the mind you little sicko i don't know where you went with that anyway he he's he's x is the pornos letter or a mutant letter or twitter now i don't call it that yeah yeah that's right um but you know, it, it is it, it is an anomaly. I think I think he's absolutely right. Like it, it has it has like the perfect the perfect setup to be a big game. And he said it in his tweets. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is super popular right now. 
people have been wanting a big Baldur's Gate RPG for a long time. This game has had a lot of years of hype behind it. And Larian is a studio that is specially made to make these games now. And they've had Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2 to learn from. And this is basically <laughs> in everything but name Divinity Original Sin 3. It's built yep. around the same kind of framework that they made both of those games on, aside from, you know, being a and d game for the first time where their previous games were not using D&D rule sets. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, again, to com- continue to compare it to Elden Ring and Zelda, those teams from soft and and the nintendo zelda team have been working towards this game for decades like this is like every game the 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 since demon souls that the team has done has been leading towards a thing like elden ring every team every game the zelda team has been doing has been leading towards a game like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom same thing with larian and this game and that is such a stark difference from, again, I brought these up on Monday and slightly something else, but when we look at some of the biggest the biggest bombs in recent years, we see uh, Bioware being forced to pivot from what they're good at with Anthem. Yep. We see Crystal Dynamics being forced to change and to go into a live service thing with Marvel's Avengers. We see Arcane being forced into doing something like Redfall. Yeah, so half, half the developers that we held up on pedestals were forced by their publishers to make games that they weren't ready or wanting to make. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, you know, and to be to completely like devil's advocate like this, I I get the criticism. Like, I don't disagree with Dustin Ligari's points in his IGN video about the business of AAA games feeling kind of scummy right now. Like we we just talked about it last week with Pokemon Violet, where I'm like, man, I don't even want to play that game. I feel like I'm being hit in the face with it when i'm trying to play it and it's like the technical issues are so glaring and then they ask me to pay for dlc so like there's like let's you know going back to uh mr clown boy and bootlicking like not bootlicking anything like we're we're we should give him a we should give him the fourth <laughs> slot on the show <laughs> we're, like, this is we're, mr clown show yeah, as it is we're as, uh, i think we're as critical as they come about like a lot of the triple a practices and and being annoyed by you know battle passes and all that kind of stuff while also i love them I fucking love <laughs> with, them. while also acknowledging the realities of if you want a game to continue forever which a lot of the, uh, the average consumer does the battle pass funds that right and that's how you keep those games going for 10 years now um mm-hmm. But, you know, like as far as like bugs and everything like that, like, yeah, I think Baldur's Gate 3 should be a wake up call to the publishers, maybe not the developers, because the developers don't want to release a bad game. It should be a wake up call to the publishers that, hey, you put in the time and test this thing, make sure it's bug free, make sure it's a lot of content, make sure that microtransit like you're going to get a good response to it. (laughs) I want to say like like. As as most things happen on the internet at large, but mainly Twitter, there's everyone always chooses sides, right? There's like, all right, sure. there's a right side and a wrong side, and people end up falling into one or the other. There's never any space for nuance, and this is one of those things where the the truest answer, or like the one that's probably the most palatable to everyone, lies somewhere very securely in the middle of these two extremes. Like, yes. I do think a game that releases and has this big an impact in terms of like Metacritic score and uh, fan reaction and whatnot should raise a standard. Like, but not, but not in the sense that what everyone was doing before was wrong and that you know they were lazy and didn't know how to do what they wanted to do. But it should raise a standard because Larian did something really amazing in in their field, and so they should look to that and be inspired. Like, oh, that was really cool. That was really amazing. How did they do that? 
like as a professional in a, in a craft, you would look at your peers. You would look at your uh, progenitors, whoever came before you, and take inspiration from what they've done. That's good. So like, I, I don't see why the idea that, yes, this big, beautiful piece of art that came out should be a wake up call or uh, a new standard to live up to. Like it should, if, if it's yeah. really that good, it should be a new standard to aspire to. Well, and I think, I think, same, it, I think it uh, is for a lot of developers. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I haven't really seen any developer being like, we, you know, this is unrealistic to do this. I've seen, I've seen a few takes. I've seen a few dumb takes about it, but I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. Right. But I think uh, the prevailing opinion is like, damn, like Larian knocked this out of the park. There's a lot to learn from this and like, making dialogue feel more natural than the, you know, the wooden figures of Mass Effect and all that. Like, there's little tiny details that Baldur's Gate does where, like, people are just moving their hands and stuff and talking instead of just, uh, you know, go find me the Rebby Rube. <laughs> so, the Rebby Rube? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's sure. correct. Yeah. Was that Maybe in Mass Effect? It's was that probably, a massive probably. Was that <laughs> I don't know what it was in. I just came up with some. I'm just. Jack, just do something. Jack, I promise. Jack has been influencing me to just say weird names and just go with it, and it's fine. Just talk nonsense. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, oh. um, yeah, you know, like I. Blair, and Larian, Larian doesn't have a publisher behind it. Uh, and having directly worked on doc, a documentary on their studio as Swen, Vink, like. Go watch, go watch the, like, seriously, go watch the, the Divinity Original Sin documentary we did on them yeah, and just read, listen to his story about how he got here. And you're gonna be like, holy shit. Like, this dude was, like, living out of his car at some point to make games. <laughs> like, and had no money. They lost everything. They kept coming back somehow, like, a little, uh, as uh, Yahtzee would put it, a, a rodent, or not a rodent, a term, nope, uh, what's the thing? You call them poor people a, a rodents? Co cockroach, cockroach. They, they just, oh, they okay. just refused to die. Uh, and Swen is like super, super passionate about the stuff he makes. And like, you know, there's this, this studio again was primed to make something like this, but you know, I, uh, yeah, like even, even people I respect are like just reading the first tweet from, uh, <laughs> the thread that I read out and just going off that. And, and then like they half-assedly said like, oh, well, there's a bunch more. And I was like, yeah. That provides the whole context of this entire stupid discourse that's going on that you're all going off of one tweet saying we, we should push back against players taking that excitement using to apply criticism or raise standard. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> the people that made well, those I mean, videos are dumb I, cause for I, doing that. Because, yes, there are, there are the people who, in bad faith, are running to go and, you know, I don't think it was, spread I, misinformation. I don't, even, I don't even think it was bad faith. I just think they were being lazy about understanding what he was saying in their thread i think they outed themselves as not understanding the business of games but that's that's <laughs> most of those people who have those followers that do true. this sort of criticism like they don't understand games and like they're and none of their audience understand games well i, I, why, I, I mean I, like i like i generally like i generally like, it's very easy to point to like suss those people out and ignore them like i like i personally would not have ever brought up any of that discourse about the people who were saying that well, those devs were lazy or whatever because none of their stuff that's why this thing blew actually up, though, has merit is because IGM posted that video about developers panicking no, over Blizzard Gate 3 no but Dustin Legary's video had a lot of good points like and and, um, consumer. and that's what I was getting at in terms of the you know something that comes out and has merit should raise standards for other art artists in the field mm -hmm. like the part that um the part that seems a little pandery in my opinion 
was the idea that it like that 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 was new information that that's not something that the devs who are working on that stuff already know and feel like this and that's what's coming from those bad actors like this idea that um the devs feel threatened by this thing because yeah i don't think that they do if i'm if i'm making sense because i feel like the like devs are happy that this is a big deal and they know that the consumers expectations are going to be uh, risen by it but that's not something that they're afraid of it's just something that they that they wish people understood more that it's not all right well now that this has happened we can't immediately do what they did it's something that they want to aspire to but like give us some time to catch up at the very least it's kind of the vibe i got yeah it's the it's it's demanding uh the outcome of what a thing like Baldur's Gate 3 is without understanding all the context we provided of right. why a game like that was able to get made both the 20 years of a road leading to here and a game being in early being in development for six years in early access for three years and not having a publisher say it needs to come out in this fiscal quarter we don't care what shape it's in and that because is something this reminds in me a perfect of, uh, world that would be how everything works but that's not how yeah because if, if some of those steps can be repeated by some of these other developers and publishers like if if they can say hey this is the full breadth of why this was successful and then you take that to like your corporate overlords and was like hey they got to do it this way and look what was the result then you may actually get to see them so all right well the next big triple a studio instead of being locked up in a cage until an uh, e3 far in the future for the the first hands-on Maybe they'll release a thing in the early access and work out a bunch of kinks for three years because they have the money to do that. Yeah, I, I think one of the like this this highlights like one of the most annoying parts for me of like the med games media space in general and just you know YouTube content creation when they they try to talk about these criticisms and everything. It's like everybody pulls the same exact tweet, the exact like the same few people and applies it to <laughs> everybody, and like mm -hmm. it's, it's just dumb it's like man spend some more time listening and talking to other developers like i swear to god like none of these people that are covering a lot of this stuff ever talk to developers and that's what annoyed me the most about uh dustin lagari's piece on ign is like yes he, lots of good points on the consumer side but i think like nobody even the developers would disagree with some of the stuff he said in there like the microtrans like having your store being the front and center of diablo 4 is probably not what the developers themselves want. That's what Activision wants, right? Like mm -hmm. they don't, they want you to play their game. They don't want you to go in there and see, Oh, a $20 skin. And we've said on this podcast for going on a hundred episodes now, like $20 for a single skin is fucking ridiculous. Nobody's ever going to disagree with that. <laughs> uh, a lot of money for a skin. Yeah. It's a skin. Uh, unless it's a master <laughs> skin, in which case that sounds fantastic. No, I want a free code for it. And I didn't, <laughs> that's all I want. But uh, as far as like, Lagara's video, you know, saying like it annoys me that he got all the feedback from the video and then he goes on Twitter to say like, oh, well, now I'll talk to the developers about this now that I've, you know, made this a big thing and got 1.5 million uh, views on it. Sure. Yeah. And like every you go read the comments on that IGN video and it is shit. It is awful. Like they're just shitting all over developers. And um, well, that's yeah. That, my big thing that, with it is it's. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say that goes back to my point from earlier because I know there's people showing up in the podcast now and being like, why are we talking about this? Blah, blah, blah. But there is, I think there is an issue with like the relationship between developers and media critics where things have gotten too cozy and not in the cozy conspiracy free shit way, you know, pay us money kind of thing. More so that like I do see a lot like developers saying like, 
they were mean to our game and this is harassment now and you know that kind of stuff and i don't i don't agree with a lot of that like i feel like media everybody should be able to free to criticize those games as product as a piece of art without you know and of course developers are going to feel personal about it we feel personal about when people criticize our videos but you know i think it's just that coziness is needs to be spread out a little bit more um and a lot of this kind of goes away but yeah i don't know it just it's a interesting discourse like I, the the thing that I think about the most when we're, we're talking about this is like going back to The Witcher Three and how The Witcher Three basically raised the standard for side quests. If you remember that, and everybody after Witcher Three said like your side quests need to be as good and as detailed as Witcher Three, and that became like a marketing point for Assassin's Creed Odyssey and everything. Like saying yeah, we have really good side quests that are just as good as the main quest kind of thing. And so you know like there's definitely there's definitely going to be expectations for a raised standard for what an RPG does. And I agree, like, there's, I think there's a lot developers need to learn from Baldur's Gate 3 of, like, quests that aren't fetch quests, like, go to point A, point B, follow the icon in RPG, like, make your games, if you're going to say your game's an RPG, it shouldn't be about loot scores and gear, make it an RPG again, <laughs> you know? I think my, the, the big thing I don't like about all this is it's fueling the, and we've seen this. This has been a growing trend in every part of culture, especially over the past seven years, of a, a growing resentment and an us versus them uh, in in uh, in any medium. You see that in critics versus fans, and you saw that with the Snyder cut that it was that this mm-hmm. is an us versus them, and we need to we need to rally around Zack Snyder because he was unfairly removed from the piece of shit movie, and we need to let him give his cut of the piece of shit movie so we can have two pieces of shit, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> And then you get the same thing with games, and it feels like there's this, there's there's this fueling of a fire of, of 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 the player being like, well, the developers they don't they don't care about us. No one's looking out for us. We're the little guy who's going to stand for us. And then you get some someone who's loud and on a pulpit who's able to drum up those people. And instead of everyone getting mad at. The real things we should be getting mad at, which is the fact that the top 1% of these companies is raking in all the profits and none of it's being trickled down to the actual employees or to the actual products themselves. And you can extrapolate that over to something like, say, America and the economy and the (laughs) wealth disparity that we have in the country. And instead of everyone being like, this is the problem, it is drumming drumming an audience up and saying everything that is bad that's happening to you is their fault. And then they point mm-hmm. at the developers, and then now you have this animosity that exists between between the, the 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 players and the press and the developers themselves. When everyone wants the same thing, everyone who is here wants just fucking cool games, cool, different, interesting games. And yes, no one wants them to be fucking weighed down and, and drowning in this in this excess that. The, the top 1% wants because it keeps the money flowing in. And instead of everyone focusing on that, it's it's like the fucking Spider-Man meme of everyone blaming each other. And it's so exhausting. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, so exhausting to hear. And that's why like we're seeing such a huge migration of talent out of AAA studios. Like there was just a report today, like pretty much all of Ubisoft Montreal. I mean, not Ubisoft, uh, Warner Bros. Montreal, like their top leadership of all of the studio after Gotham Knights. For very obvious reasons, because Gotham Knights yeah. is not the game that they wanted to make. You can clearly tell yeah. it when you play it. And like Rocksteady, I'm sure after Suicide Squad comes out, I bet that that studio sees a mass ex- exodus of talent 
because of, of what that game has become. And so like, look at all the, <laughs> every day there's a new AAA studio, independent AAA studio coming out of the woodwork, you know, uh, that's not we, under EA or, or Activision or Ubisoft or whatever, because those games are designed for profit and profit only. Larian made a game to make the game that they wanted to make for money, of course, but also to fund their next game. Like that's their goal <laughs> to stay in business, not to, not to appease shareholders. Like, I, I feel like uh, when <laughs> this has been a, a very weird year, because not only have we had like a bunch of amazing titles come out, we also had some of the worst, <laughs> worst yeah. games ever. And, and around when Redfall and stuff was dropping next to the Gollum thing, whatever, like we were talking about how tough it was like for AAA games. Like it, they take six to seven years now. They cost millions and millions and millions of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of staff. And we kind of settled on this idea of like, I don't think we need games to be this big and cost this much that they would probably solve this problem if they made smaller games. And then but then here we go again. <laughs> yeah, here, here we go again with these big AAA games that do really, really well. And now everyone's like, all right, well, this is where we are now. And it's like, no, that can exist. Yes, we can get a big ass game. But everybody else doesn't have to also do that. Like we can have them do the other stuff they want to do. That's not going to cripple the industry under the weight of that pressure because there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least at least in Baldur's Gate, like I think if, <laughs> you know, one of my my biggest things with Baldur's Gate 3 is like everything in that game doesn't feel like a waste of my time. Whereas like a lot of open world design games, big RPGs, most of it feels designed to waste my time along outside of the main quest so you know there's definitely like a standard maybe has been raised that your content needs to be worth playing through and maybe don't waste your time on all this filler content that nobody nobody ever experiences in open world games you know all the collectathons and fetch quests and everything like that like put what don't you, take away my collectathons i like <laughs> well then, that, then you need, yeah, that, then you need to go play atlas fallen <laughs> sounds like it's uh, I mean, yeah, make it really, fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fun it's that fun. was fallen. Yep. Yeah, make it fun. If, if it's fun for me to move around. Oh yeah. I no, I, I don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Remember Atlas Fallen? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Remember Remnant Two? I, wanna, I need to. I, I don't know. I don't have time. There's more. Remnant Two sold very well. <laughs> Did it? Yes. Yeah, it what does that mean? Like, what is? I, I, I don't know. A million. I it sold, it sold a million copies in the first week. Yeah, you know what's cool, Billy. Yeah, well, Sean Parker. You know what, Jonathan? Another Jonathan, another good game. Jonathan but. Taylor Thomas. Who am I thinking of? No, Justin Timberlake. Jesus, they're, they're close. They're pretty Jonathan, close. They're both JTs. Well, one's a JTT. <laughs> uh, so one, yeah, two, I mean, to, to put a cap on the discussion, you know, like I'm sure there's people in our chat that watched the IGN video or whatever and like saw the first tweet from. Uh, I thought what no, we learned. Try, one no, I'm trying to say. I'm trying what to say. The letter you're not allowed to say because it's porno. I love you. Salivir, I can't say X. <laughs> Olive, it's Salivir. We'll get it by the end. Whatever. It's Olivier. I'm sorry, I butchered his name so hard. You know, there's uh, there's a Destiny character. Isn't his name Zalava? Zavala. 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 Oh, I don't even know the that's Destiny an X. Man's name. I'm gonna stick to the real man's name. It's and not an X. That man's name starts with a Z. It does start Zavala. With a Z. Fuck. I'm just gonna call. Is him. that the one who was voiced by I'm just, Lance Reddick? Yeah, is now gonna be voiced him, by yeah, Keith, Keith David is taking over. Yeah, I'll call him Mr. Nelson going forward. So, Mr. Nelson's I mean, Mr. Nelson's thread. People only read the first tweet, and then even even before this podcast started, people are coming in and saying like, "Oh, I know exactly what this conversation's about." And the developers are lazy, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "You only read the first tweet of that thread, then?" And I know you did, and I know exactly where you yeah. got your information from. <laughs> That's why I just send people the suck it gift from Generation <laughs> X. 
Because anytime <laughs> someone says something disrespectful and they get that, they start thinking about the error of their ways. Yeah. Like here, have some X-Pac. Yeah, yeah have some X-Pac. <laughs> hey, we some got, China with a Y. We got some uh, good super chats that'll add to the discussion. So. Yeah, King Dad. Been a member for two. Well, I don't know why I read that part. For the $5 donation. Thank you so much, King Dad. <laughs> uh, there hasn't been a game like this in years. And as much as I'm enjoying Baldur's Gate 3 so far, I don't want one of these every year from a different studio. Same. I, I, yeah. I the, the thing I want developers to take away from this is just write like write your characters better. Like that's a big part of the why this game has been so good. Is so the writing is really good, and again, like I said, the just the general content in the game, everything feels like it's there for me to engage with and not just ignore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's you know like we said going back to Witcher Three when they raised the bar for side quests in games that they didn't need to be just you know, talk to person, go grab thing for a person, come back. They can be their own little storylines within the game. That's extra work. Yeah, of course it is. But I mean, I think, I think that's a good standard to raise it. Like make your content more meaningful and meaty. Yeah. But don't make everything a hundred hours. No, it doesn't need to be a hundred hours. <laughs> also, let's start. We should do a whole year where everyone says, let's make one hour. You, games. you could finish, you could finish Baldur's Gate three in like 40 hours. Like you can finish, but it's just, it's so good that you just want to go, explore your own adventures and stuff that you can easily spend 60 100 hours in there and not even recognize you're doing it i'm curious to see what everyone because I've, I've seen some scuttlebutt about how the game given that act one was what was in um early access yeah that act one is uh not even from like a technical standpoint but act one is the most um honest example of their yes and dming of anything you think of any way you want to treat a scenario the game is open to it and the game is accommodating to it and i've heard that as it goes on especially in act three that it becomes much more kind of linear like you need to do things you need you need to do the main quest in the order and kind of in the way that the main quest was designed so i'm curious to hear if people as they play more and more because i understand it's a very very long video game uh feel that way as they get to the end yeah um, just because for a game this long you don't really start to get the like we don't know the real opinion on this full game we're not gonna know it for a couple weeks because yeah, this game I is mean, very big I, and people I, haven't had a chance yeah to finish I, wrapped, it. I wrapped up uh i just wrapped up act two and i'm just now entering Baldur's gate and i'm 35 40 hours into the game now uh you're entering Baldur's gate three yeah act two i didn't like act two as much as i liked act one uh, i still really liked it but i like and it's more just the environment of act two is very dark and grungy and stuff like that and i like the more lively this of act two act one but uh now that i'm entering act three like I'm, i've just explored the opening area and i've gone in like six different directions and there's I can see paths to get to different things I don't need to do and or can do or you know just to access the city itself is kind of a RPG puzzle where you can go talk to the guards to get in and kind of decept them or there's I've seen I found two secret paths already to get into the city that I could just skip all that um, so there's I, I, yeah I'm, I'm still in, still impressed with it the one thing I will say about the city that is I'm not even in the city proper yet I'm like on the outskirts of the city and it's still super impressive and I will say it's quite it is pretty buggy. Uh, I might put the game on hold until they patch it a few more times because um, the performance there's a lot going on in Act three like right away like everything in Act one and Act two is kind of spread out and like c- citizens and everything like that are kind of all over the place. Act three is really dense like it is probably one of the most active cities I've seen in a game like uh, uh, RPG game like this. Everybody's talking, everybody's doing something it's it's kind of wild. But yeah, I'm not I'm not far enough in yet to 
see if Act 3 holds up to the rest of the game. But so far, I'm really happy with it. Yeah. So, Casey, you've been playing it as well. Yeah, what, I um, just started. What, really, really only scratched the surface. Like, this game is like a, a bajillion hours. I've, I've played like maybe six. I've got like six in. Six um, bajillions the way through the <laughs> game, though, which is more than me. Are you playing uh, as Sigmar? I did name my character Sigmar, but he's um, he's like a variant. You know, he's not exactly uh, one. There's no archer, like a archer class in the game. So I'm I'm sort of a rogue and have uh, some like I have a bow and I have two short swords, and that's all I've allowed myself to use in terms of weaponry <laughs> so far, uh, and it's been effective. But um, I don't know the. The thing that really made me want to jump into it was the idea of how open it was, right? Like, oh, okay, you have all these choices, you can do all these things. And me being a, a relative D&D noob, like all of my D&D experience has come from Adventures Nigh. Um, uh, it's cool that I feel a little bit more comfortable now, like recognizing like, oh, okay, so these are your character's stats and like certain situations call for certain checks. And the game being a video game is handling that stuff for you. It's like it's DMing for you like Jack mm -hmm. would. Right. Saying like, oh, well, we'll check for this and that. And when these bonuses show up at the bottom of like other characters in your party and stuff, that's all really cool. And like I'm into the mechanic stuff of it. And, I'm, and I really like the turn based combat in there. Um, but I have not been pulled in by its characters or its story yet. And I don't know if this needs some more time to warm up. Uh, but like I'm, I'm seeing like characters who are already in my party and who have been hanging out with me for a couple of hours now showing up in these lists of like oh this is this character's the archetype for blah 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 and like they're, they're just the face of everything and it's like this this dude is not interesting like, <laughs> like white, white haired man everyone like women yeah love the, the white haired dude man. yeah I, I don't find i don't find him that interesting right now their their um, quests expand over t or their storylines expand that's what i'm wondering time. so yeah they're they're kind of, i mean that's kind of the point though they're like brand new to you you know nothing about them the more you quest with them the more you do things with them the more you learn about them so it's a lot different where like a game just kind of front loads you with their exposition. Like this is this character and this is who they are. Baldur's Gate like drip feeds it to you and you just learn more and more and more about them as you as you grow your party. And and like the the main uh, situation, like I, I thought it was actually really cool because I didn't realize uh, and I should have, I guess. But I didn't realize how tied to, um, you know, like cosmic horror stuff like D&D can be. And like that I was like really interested in. But like all of their mind flayer stuff for me at the beginning kind of also fell flat. Like I like I'm not really intrigued as to what they are or what they're trying to do. Like they just kind of gave you a problem to go and solve in a very, very open ended way. And like I kind of wish there was a little bit more guidance at the start just to give me an idea of like what's at stake other than like my own paltry life. You because uh, like cause I don't even know my character. My character is kind of a blank slate in, in the world right now. You're not you're not that big into like fantasy, right? You're the one that's not big into fantasy. I'm, I'm just tired of it. Like okay. fa fantasy is fine. Like it's not my preferred medium, but like yeah, there's too much fantasy out in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a if, hey, <laughs> it's it's a it's a slow burn like a slow burn story as you go through like more and more keeps opening up. You learn more and more. It's it's basically yeah, if the more you play, the more you discover, kind of thing. And it just keeps. I think it just keeps getting more and more interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I want to keep going. Um, I, I, the thing is, I want more story. Like, I, I want to talk to characters who tell me about the world and like what's happening in it. And I, but I don't know. Maybe it's just if you guys watch Adventures, not nah, I have shit luck with dice. <laughs> so I, I keep getting into fights with people, and like I'm not trying to, 
Like, I'm like, I just want to talk. I just want to see what's happening in this situation. Like, this dude is dying on the ground. There's two people talking to him. We had a conversation and now they want to kill me. There's nothing I can do about it. And that doesn't feel as open ended as like I'm hearing from other people's playthroughs. Like they're saying like, oh, I wanted to solve the situation by doing this or doing that. And it's like I talk to someone, I say the wrong thing or I roll too low and now they just want to fight me. And I, I can't get out of that. That's so like that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right a, now. That's a Larian game for you. <laughs> oh shit, get it. Uh, go back to a couple super chats. Uh, Fat cock. Thank you so much for the ten dollar donation. Always great to have you here. Uh, I don't think the devs are to blame when it comes to Undercooked Games releasing. It's the investors and shareholders that push for on time launch because they only care about a return on investment. You yeah, know what we I need think- to do. Bring back the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, you know I I don't remove the complete blame from developers because i do think like a lot of games just haven't been designed great lately um you know a lot of just poorly written games i think i think is a fair criticism i think a lot of games that just have cool ideas but just don't make it to the finish line has been the thing and just general uninspired like quest and level design like that comes down to the developers for stuff like you can make an interesting live service game with good level design and stories and all that but i think you know when you're trying to balance the two i think developers do get caught up in you know gear scores and chasing trends and all that i think uh i think a lot of these problems i think uh, specifically writing the writing quality in games and sort of the, the the uninspired nature of some design i think a lot of it feeds into a the sort of shoddy working conditions at a lot of studios um if there's a lot of turnover if there's not room to sort of grow in the field that you want you end up having this kind of revolving door or use a shit ton of contractors like hey nick you know about this obviously halo is a, is a yeah. perfect example of this right and by not having like again part of the reason zelda elden ring uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is there's so much institutional knowledge and so many long-term employees there that you have this like this really solid foundation really solid structure right. and it's not like oh if a brisk wind goes by a bunch of the employees are going to fly out the window. yeah well it's you know it's interesting watching like all the the talk about Call of Duty right now right because like everybody's like Infinity Ward used to be so good it's like yeah but all their main talent left for Respawn and, and all these other studios you know, yeah, like, it's like it's, the ship of Theseus. Is this yeah. even, it's Infinity War in name, but is it? Yeah, it's you not. Know? It's not the Infinity War that you grew up with developing Modern for two. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, yeah, and and to be fair, like I think most of the criticism is levied at like the biggest names in the industry. Like, you know, Destiny right now is going through it because they're not. They haven't taken care of their PvP community, and they just had their director like release that really personal video. Where he's like, here's what we're gonna do to fix fix these things and all that, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I think I from the consumer side, like it can, you know, the developers are the front facing people and all this stuff. Like you don't get to talk to Bobby Cock and uh, yes, I said that name intentionally. Uh, you don't get to you don't get to see him. He doesn't get to respond to your criticisms about you know the microtransactions and all that in Diablo. Like the developers, he's at that. that billionaires conference with Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah, so Yacht, Yachtcon twenty twenty three. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, you, and, you know, uh, and shoddy PC ports and all that. Like there's there's a lot, but um, sometimes like sometimes it's on the developer, sometimes it's not. <laughs> I heard for some reason my brain. What you, you said shoddy, which is just the yeah, that's exactly what it is. I heard it as you mispronouncing shoddy, 
shouty <laughs> like i was saying like shouty pc ports and i'm like why are you saying that what a weird thing to say nick that wasn't what you said so, no, no. that's another one of those comments i probably could have stuck in my head also uh, the last thing i want to say about writing is um bad writing is so often a case of a game uh changing focus changing design changing scope changing what the the publisher wants from it adding features removing features and writing almost being this like afterthought that is brought in at the end, whereas in some of the best written games, your your Disco Elysiums, your um, your your uh, Return of the Oprah Dins, your Last of Us's writing is at the core of design. Writing is a pillar of the design, and it's not something where it's like, well, we fucking did the rest of it. All right, come in and come in and you know whip up the story quick. It's it's the the writing and the the game design are are the same. They are one and the same. <clears throat> they are not separate in siloed. Uh, Gecko Gamer. Six zero down now. Thank you so much, Gecko Gamer. A bit of a blunt question. Why do consumers and gamers have to care about game dev if the only thing they want are good games? Well, I mean, if, if the game devs aren't taken care of, you're not going to get good games. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's I, pretty but, but, short of You know, it. like, yeah, I think we, you know, you as in watching this or listening to this podcast and we covering this stuff have a lot more direct involvement in speaking to it and paying attention to developers the average consumer just buys call of duty every year and has no idea who made the game or gives a shit right and there's also a shit ton of people who are playing Baldur's gate and not just being like this is cool and then they can play starfield and be like this is also cool yep (laughs) yeah like yeah like the number of people who are concurrently playing on steam most of those people are not on twitter (laughs) yeah or any reddit or any yeah they're just not they're just playing a game yeah 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 so i mean Um, these, these things are you know we can we can shape the we can shape the voice of the industry but in general business is always going <laughs> to shape it so yeah and i don't like you, we can't make you care about how the sausage is made and if you don't care that's fine yeah. you don't have to care like we care though and you know so for some of us yeah. we're literally involved in it and and uh going out to do documentaries and learning about their stories and stuff like yeah. yeah and i think if i i like learning more about how a thing is made because it makes me appreciate the good parts more and makes me kind of understand and being able to be like, I can unpack the bad parts more. Um, yeah. Generally knowledge, knowledge is power. Yeah. Gen- like generally speaking, like, cause you can extrapolate this to anything, right? Like video games are an art form, but they, yes, they are a product and consumers yeah. will buy them for their own purposes. The majority of them don't know where it came from. Like, just like you yeah. go to the grocery store, you buy a pack of bread, you go home, you don't, look at the you don't look at the business deal that wonder bread made with general mills or whatever right (laughs) so like so it is weird it it is weird but if you if you bring home that bread and it's just full of holes you're gonna want to ask some questions why why, why is there mold on my bread (laughs) yeah Yeah, like you might have some questions and so like that's what all this stuff is is for yeah it's funny i'm getting my new uh air conditioner installed on friday and when i was talking to the guy I had already, I agreed on which one and he started to tell me all about the history of it. And I didn't know to be like, I kind of want to just be like, I don't care <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, if it makes me cold when I hit the button. That's all I care about. So to, to go along with your point, there are certain things I do not care about. How it's yeah, there you go. I do yeah, not care about how any appliance, I don't care about how my car is made. I don't care about any of that shit. To the point that it's a detriment because when something breaks, I'm like, what do, do I do? What do I do? This is magic. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Mark Dixon, thank you so much for joining Early Access. Being a member for six months, we appreciate it. And Nick Grumbles, been a member of Early Access 25 months. It's Larian. Best path is always to murder a hobo. 
Yeah, before <laughs> before the we only, uh, wrap, the only way to get to the best ending. <laughs> we wrap the discussion on Larry. Like, go watch her. Go watch the Vinny original Sid documentary I worked on. Like that. That is one of the pieces of work I'm most proud of. Uh, it's also like the last documentary I actually had a hand in directly editing, and I forgot that it was actually we did a pretty good job on it. Omar cleaned it up a lot, but I edited like the whole. I edited the whole structure for like the the story and everything. Um, but yeah, like Larry, <laughs> deserves a success. Like that studio is one of my favorite places I've ever visited. The nicest people, like just utterly, utterly passionate about their work to a detriment. Like this, this game, yeah, like you can feel it in the game. <laughs> yeah. So what's you said? It's one of the things you're most proud of. What are you least proud of? <laughs> Eating a dog treat on camera. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's fair. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> a really good answer. That's, that's gonna follow me around for way too long. <laughs> maybe, maybe, well, maybe that or forgetting to unplug my headset before leaning my chair back in a chair review and pulling nah, my entire great. speakers off my. Also spilling water on your USB ports a couple of weeks ago and it causing just massive problems that linger to this day. No, no, they're they're fixed now. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, the lightning took it out, not the water. Twas beauty killed the beast. <laughs> what is this fucking King Kong? No, no. Hey, what, are you if I, Frankenstein? If I, also, if, you drop your computer drowned and died, if and I, lightning brought it back. If I drop the water on it, then the beast killed, killed the beauty. <laughs> is your computer the beauty? Yeah. Hubba, hubba. It makes my entire life go round. <laughs> so, literally, <laughs> Lit, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do we want to get the other? Have we been doing anything else besides uh, Baldur's Gate, Casey? I heard you played one of the hit one of the hit movies of last year. Um, RRR. <laughs> I didn't play it. You probably no, yeah. It. You uh, held the controller during it. No, did I? I don't know. No, I watched it on a plane. Touch screen. I, yeah, it was my phone, but yeah, I watched yeah. it on a plane. Uh, RRR. Yeah, the, the hit in, uh, Indian uh, Bollywood action movie. Uh, I. I've not watched like a proper Bollywood movie in a long in a long time. Like I watched White Tiger, but that one did not have dancing in it, so that's not like a proper Bollywood movie, right? <laughs> Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Our, first of all, RRR is like four hours long. That movie's yeah, long. It's, shit. It's, it's a beefster. It's a beefster. But, um, but man, where are they having fun defying uh, physics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's so. It's like it's joyful uh, action. Cause it's not, it's not comedy, right? Like they're, they're not playing it, um, for laughs, how absurd the action is. Like mm-hmm. that's for them. Like these, these characters are just larger than life. So essentially this is like, this is just superhero behavior, right? Like if you have a character or a person in your, in your movie, who's the, uh, the protagonist, they're just stronger than other people. Mm-hmm. And like they can just do things that the people can't do. That's what makes them a protagonist. And so it's it just fits that they can do these superhuman things in the middle of this movie. But like it's on the surface, it's so ridiculous. But like in context, when you're it like in the the heat of the movie, like I I was I was brought to tears in certain situations. <laughs> I I was rooting for like this bromance that like forms yeah. in the middle of that movie. Like it's so it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's pretty much a live action anime. Yeah, it, very much so. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like Goku and Vegeta finally learning to become friends. <laughs> it's it's so good. Like the and like the, this must just be a Bollywood thing, but like they 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 have bespoke musical numbers, like actual like like sung 
musical dialogue and dance numbers, but then they also have like music breaks, like little interludes where someone will sing and they're just kind of telling you the plot <laughs> as stuff is happening. Yeah. And like, I found that to, to at first be like very like comical, like, oh, that's really weird that they would do that. But by the end of the movie, because they do it like maybe three times, by the end of the movie, it's like, I kind of needed it. Like I, I needed them to just summarize what's going on here because like for them to try and give you the nuance uh, in like just a couple of scenes probably wouldn't have worked. Like the, like the writing's not great, but like they have all the pieces and like what the music does is like convey the emotion and the setting of all the in-between bits before they get back to what they do fantastically well, which is like cinematography and just action, like bashing and saying action set pieces. Yeah. Without looking fake as hell, even though it's like clearly. Yeah. Like it's you jump kick this tiger. <laughs> God, I, I, I kind of want to watch it again. It's super long, but like that's yeah. just a great movie. That's the only reason I haven't watched it. Yet. I was like, man, that's a giant investment of time. But also I binge watched four episodes of TV shows. And I'm like, I was going to say like, it's three hours. <laughs> I don't know like, why it's just four hours of one thing. <laughs> no, dude, we're all, I, I feel like all of us are, are programmed to think like that, to be like, that's too much of a commitment. Let me watch six yeah. episodes of the office. Now that is there's, not, a there's commitment. also like, I think this is the first year in my entire career of games coverage and entertainment coverage where like, I feel like stressed out that I can't keep up right now. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> I get Baldur's Gate and other things that we can't talk about, and I want to play Remnant 2. You can talk about whatever you want. There's no cops. There's, what do you want to talk there about? There are cops. <laughs> Spider-Man 2? No. I didn't play Spider-Man 2. Happy? I'm start, I'm, no, I'm just going to start making stuff. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else does it. Why can't ah. we do it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's also that there's like a lot of beefsters coming out right around the same time, and so that's that. I hate tough. I um, hate the word beefster. It just sounds like a large fart beefster? to me. Oh, uh, that's all I think about I mean, when you I'll say beefster. I started saying it a lot in the like last few weeks. Really I usually burn through things big, quickly. So wet, if you just raunchy fart, raunchy, raunchy. Like, Are you vulgar? attracted to? It? I don't know. It just that's hubba, hubba. <laughs> it's like Jessica Rabbit from. <laughs> the big old just uh speaking of rrr speaking of uh, musical numbers occurring at unexpected moments i've been playing Balan wonderworld and let me tell you <laughs> that game has musical numbers at unexpected moments um you're playing the is, game that put yuji naka in jail is what you're saying. i'm playing the game that put yuji naka in jail and there's certain segments where I, i'm like there's certain parts where I'm like, I need to free him or I need to go meet him when I go to Japan in a few months. And I want to see, like, I don't know if you can just visit people in jail. Like, uh, I, can't just, like I can't just like knock on the door. Also, several people have told me he's not actually in jail, but I don't like that story. <laughs> I don't like that story. I like my story better. Um, but then there's times there's these QTEs in the game that are just fucking exhausting. I don't know why they exist. And it makes me so angry because I became the biggest fan of QTEs after Asura's Wrath and Final Fantasy this year. And I'm like, this is it. This is the future of games is QTEs. Did they raise the bar? They raised the bar too high. (laughs) Balan was not able to clear it. Uh, (laughs) Balan is so strange. Balan is like a a game you dug out. It was was a a Dreamcast or GameCube game that you just dug out from the bottom of a drawer. And you're like, oh, I guess this still exists. Um, (laughs) It's so weird. It is so... It is so fucking weird, and it'll occasionally have really good ideas where you're swapping between these different outfits that all have their different abilities, and then you're revisiting levels and you being like, oh, now that I have the ability of the clock to freeze time, I can go back and get these collectibles from the earlier levels. And that is like enticing to my to the collectathon sort of itch 
I have in, <laughs> in certain games. Uh, and then you get to just the weird corners cut and like seemingly no one around to be like, are we sure this is a good idea? Um, and it's baffling. But the musical numbers, uh, each level is ultimately you going through two stages to cure a character's. Um, it's like Persona. A character has a problem and you got to go in their head and you got to kick that problem out of their head. And then there's a musical number where they celebrate it. But sometimes the problem will be I was engaged to my fiance and then my parents died and I became sad and my fiance is going to leave me. And then we beat the boss of the level and she's not sad anymore. And then she marries her fiance. And I'm like, but what are you still sad about your parents? Dead? What is <laughs> like, that? Is it, should did we the not boss kill them? your parents? Yeah. Did we like erase the memory of your parents? Like, is this like <laughs> eternal sunshine of the spotless mind? In which case maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Um, it's a fa- it's a fascinating game, and I'm uh, I'm I, I feel like you need to understand the bottom in order to appreciate the top. Uh, and I'm That's I'm on the bottom said. right now. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> really good, Nick. Uh, it was so good. Nasty Bird three three nine signed up in early access. Nasty Bird was like, "Yeah, oh, make yeah. the sex jokes again, Nick." Here's two dollars a month. <laughs> I, I uh, hope Nasty Bird is offended that that was the voice you gave them. <laughs> maybe, maybe nasty. Maybe it's like uh, it's ironic. And Nasty Bird's actually like, "Oh, good heavens, <laughs> Nicholas, the vulgarity." Uh, so yeah, Battle Wonder World, great game. Uh, and then playing some other stuff we can't talk about because there are actually cops, like we said. <laughs> yeah, um, we lied about the cops. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Playing, playing, watching anything that's not BG three slash you can actually talk about? Nope. <laughs> I, I've been I've been watching uh, Foundation season two. Oh yeah, I'm caught up on that. It's it's pretty good. I, I'm not enjoying as much as season one. Uh, I think like there's just not enough action going on in season two, but like the production value is way up there. Like they're traveling to a lot of different planets this time. Uh, and it's, it just keeps getting weirder and I kind of love it for that. Like, I don't, I don't know. That, the, that actually excites me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the, I don't think action was foundations. No. Uh, yeah. It's or appeal for Yeah. Me. It's the mystery of what the <laughs> hell is going on and just kind of the weirdness and everything. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm still enjoying it. Uh, and then I just really haven't had time to get around and watch the other stuff I want to watch. Cause well, I, I could have time, but the new season of MasterChef has started, and I'm, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me right now. <laughs> it's, it's so close to Master Chief that you can't. I know, it's all right. You can't ignore it. <laughs> it's, it's missing one Easy letter. I have to watch it. MasterChef. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I have been playing. Uh, I talked about it last week, but I'm, I'm still playing a lot of Halo Infinite lately. Like I think the game is finally where it needs to be multiplayer-wise. Just having a really good time with it. Like it just feels like old classic Halo with all uh, uh, you know the sandbox maps and everything. So, um, you know, if you were if you're waiting to Sweet. get back into it, like they're they're releasing content at a crazy pace. Um, whereas another thing that like players are like, this is the new standard for live service games, and I'm like, well, they have the backing of Forge, and like a lot of the maps they're releasing are community made maps that they're helping Prime get ready for release. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I am working on. Mo- multiple games right now i'm working on ballers gate 3 i'm working on an embargoed game i'm working on pikmin 4 still I, I, i'm like a third of the way through that game that is a long game marty there's a lot in that game i'm yeah kind of shocked then you're gonna roll credits game. and that's not the end yeah it's when you roll credits for me. do not think you cannot write a tweet that you finished the game because <laughs> you need to stipulate i have not it's, this is a lie it's uh it's, it's the end for me when i roll credits they have their fake credits yeah 
Uh, that's, you probably just played the A round of Near Automata. And you're like, this is good. I did. That's exactly oh. what I did. It's like stopping halfway in the middle of everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. yeah. That's like only getting to the R of RRR. I mean, I see it enough. I know what the R's are about. That, that movie had like three intros. If any of the web services, is it infinite, like five years old? It's like a year and a half old. Yeah, it came out what, last November. <laughs> No, two Novembers ago. Yeah, 2021. I don't know when. I don't know what year it is. It's almost two years old. But yeah, and then uh, you know I've been playing Uncharted on live stream. Uh, Never played Uncharted one, so I'm really enjoying that. And I, I actually never loaded up um, the Uncharted PS5 collection for uh, Locke's Legacy and four. And holy moly, those games play much better at 60 frames, and they are gorgeous still. And I am excited to replay those on stream now. I like it. I don't, I don't love the map design. I think it doesn't like, it doesn't do a great job of kind of leading you to where you should be. I think like it's, I don't know, I, I just coming off of like Elden Ring and, and where I felt like that progression made much more sense than where you go. Uh, and also, I just Dark Souls Two has like that older Souls level design that's very much like you're gonna fall off this ledge and you're gonna you're gonna like it kind of design, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, and the other thing I did watch uh, was Sisu finally, the uh, World War Two John Wick movie. It was a, uh, it was okay. That's that's really all I had to say about it. Did not have like the. I was hoping for much more intricate action scenes than I got from it, and it man, didn't really give me that. Yeah, I talked about, about uh, Nobody, which was like a John, John Wick copycat. Oh, uh, yeah, the one that That movie was better. I sound great to me. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I told him I didn't want to talk to them anymore. <laughs> we pushed back. We barely pushed back at you. And you're like, well, <laughs> uh, whatever. Speak easy. says just okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got some cool scenes in it and like the cinematography is great, but just, uh, <laughs> it kind of goes like almost, it, <laughs> I had a hard time not laughing at it because it goes so over the top and in some serious, <laughs> Like there's there's so I'm going to spoil a little bit of it, but there's a plane crash scene and I'm like, there's no fucking way. And then he just pops out of the mud. And he's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever, you're going to make a movie. John Wick, I would feel like he would have died several times. I mean, yeah, I mean, rolling down that many stairs and not cracking your skull. I mean, come on. It's such a it's a scene. bulletproof suit. No, his head stairs. isn't bulletproof. He goes getting cracked down the stairs like tender. He just gets thrown down a flight of stairs. Yeah, but if like you know how to times. fall, if you know how to fall correctly, you don't get hurt. Like oh, yeah. wrestlers. Yeah, you don't get hurt. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, can we do an escape <laughs> video where we try this? I don't know how to fall correctly. I would get we, hurt. Look, Nick, you want to make this video, you hire a stuntman, and you get him to teach a bunch of us how no, to fall I, down some stairs. I, and we could, we you could do this. would be the best at falling? I want to be the stuntman. Uh, I'm going to say Will. Kevin. Will would abs. Will seems like he would do slip and Jimmy things, like <laughs> <laughs> jump in front of a car, and get in, and try to get money out of it. Will, oh. I mean that as a compliment. I feel like Will would be a great slip and Jimmy. That reminds me, I need to stream pain. 
Uh, Don't let me forget the screen paint. <laughs> I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna be honest. No. Of all the things, I'm gonna forget. Honestly, the if the new skate game has like the uh, the insurance fraud thing in it, or like the ragdoll, like Skate Two has a thing where you just throw the guy off the skateboard. Skate mm-hmm. the new skate has to have that or that game. I will. Uh, I will. I will be one of the angry video game nerds online. Yeah. Uh, Amy, we are uh, volunteering you to learn how to fall downstairs from a professional uh, stunt stuntman, professional faller. So go go for it. Uh, do you want to do you want to wrap things up, Casey? You're gonna be back in half an hour. Uh, yeah. With more uh, with more Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag with Jesse. Yes. How's he learning so much about those pirates? How's he enjoying nice. the game? Uh, he's liking it quite a bit. Like we're in the early parts where they show you all the stuff you can do with your ship. And that is by far like just the most fun stuff <laughs> in that game is just being out on the ocean doing pirate shenanigans. So I'm guessing yeah. whenever the story comes up, Jesse's like, fuck this. I just get me back on my ship. Yeah, we already did, we already had to do like uh, like they showed us how to do a ship stealth section, like the first one. And like that. Mm. Just give me, <laughs> what, give me my what a decision. <laughs> yeah. in the boat. Give me more black flag, less assassins. I think uh, Jesse, yeah, will, Jesse will wrap that up in 2025. And while Jesse's on topic, uh, we have set a date for the Zelda streams as August 31st. Hey. August 31st. Don't know who's Thursday. don't know who's co-streamer will be yet, but we'll Thursday, out. August 31st. Be there or be squared. We're gonna have some movements in some stream times, and then we're getting stuff situated for for Sly Cooper as well. That should be starting shortly after August 31st. Things are in motion. Let me tell you. There is just so much motion. We got we got fucking rain it down. There's too much motion. And uh, what yes, else you got? Well, before Jomo Slow uh, is pointing out the the definition of Sisu. Oh, I know the definition. Uh, that's why it, that's why some of it was kind of funny. It's kind of a little bit of a funny movie. Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu. Mm-hmm. Okay, you what done? Else, Casey? Are you done? Yes. Jomo Slow Mo. Yes, Casey- I'm, done, oh. I'm done breaking <clears throat> the topic again. Uh, what else is there actually? Uh, I had a review, I think last week, this week has been kind of a blur cause I traveled to do two different States within the same week. And so I don't know what anything is anymore. <laughs> well, that's right. You went to the West coast and you went to the Midwest. Yeah. I'm tripping. Uh, I might go to Texas, uh, in another week's time. So hooray for that. For us? No, <laughs> for, for me. <laughs> that's Longhorns. Uh, uh, but yeah, outside of, of the usual streams, um, just keeping keeping here out. There might be some reviews on the horizon for me. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be with yeah. Jesse in like 30 minutes. Yeah. Are you, then tomorrow uh, night we'll be back uh, 8 p.m. Uh, f- right, for Portal 2. Yeah, 7 p.m. Central, same time normal. For more, uh, yeah, Portal 2. We finished Portal 1, started Portal 2 last week. Great ending, great beginning. It's good games. Okay, where are you going to in Texas, games. Casey? Are you going to Austin? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. Corpus Christi. You don't, you don't even know where you're going to in Texas? No, I'm going. I'm going to my brother's house. Okay, well, now you're going to Austin, and you're going to stop at the burrito shop called Freebirds, and you're going to pick me up a burrito and drop it off on your way home. That's going to... Are travel. you on the way? To, <laughs> like, travel. is Kansas on the... Wait, well, you're not in Kansas. You're in... Uh, I'm in Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City. Is that on the way? Like, is that on the right side of Texas? Yes. I don't, I don't know what the middle of the map looks like. I'm sorry. No one cares about our time. So I'm getting flyover state. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know where they're situated. If you connect in my ear. I call everything up there New England. There's, 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 all, there's, all, there's, 
There's Chicago and Texas, and then there's the West Coast. Yeah, Casey case lives in New Jersey. There's New York, New Jersey, California, nothing else. Big <laughs> <laughs> three, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, yeah, so tune, tune in for that stuff. What about Nick? What do you what do you got going on? You had a big old video come up this week. Uh, yeah, the Sea of Stars documentary that we worked on is out now. You should go watch it. Go share it. I'm hoping it gets a nice big boost in the algorithm when the game hits Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, because uh, that would be nice. It's kind of annoying when uh, the documentaries don't take off in the algorithm, but you know that's 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 how it goes sometimes. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, other stuff coming up. At the first episode of Metal Gear Legend from Javits Starrett or Good Blood may be out for members before the end of this week. So, oh my God! And, nice. uh, Can I watch a cut of it? And uh, yes, and uh, well, I, I don't have it. In, I don't have it yet. <laughs> He's still working on it. But uh, if, does he know Casey and I are the two experts in Metal Gear? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you are not excited for the series, you should be because there is going to be stuff that you've actually never heard about Metal Gear in it. He's he's done like a lot of research, uh, and he's got like these documents and stuff that haven't been translated before. So <laughs> I'm really excited to see this thing. Like if. if uh, you like our premium content. Like this is on the level of like our documentary premium content level. So I'm really, really, really excited to get Quoted this out there. Kojima again. Yeah, I better get another retweet, <laughs> Kojima. He did a weird, he does, every time I wake up, I see his retweets overnight. And one was just, someone tweeted a picture of Elle Fanning and was like, beautiful. Yeah, he, he, he retweets that. a lot of like actors, fo- actress photos that he works with. <laughs> just, uh, he just likes to promote his workers. <laughs> sexy this year. Same age as uh, Tom Cruise. Hmm. Huh, they both look great. Tom Cruise they is 60? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, they look great. Maybe, uh, maybe just stop jumping onto airplanes. No, he should continue. Uh, he will age. He will like. He will age. He will age in like super time and like fast forward. If he <laughs> maybe, stops doing that stuff. He'll just turn into like a skeleton. And maybe because he's in like the Church of Scientology. He's also doing what that other guy's doing, drinking like his son's blood or something. Oh God, forty-year-old guy definitely looks like a hard forty. You don't look <laughs> yeah. young. <laughs> yeah, you kind of look you like every year of forty. Yeah, yeah. he's forever eighteen. You pay people to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, check out check out everything else. Check out um, we'll have, uh, what do we got going on tomorrow? I don't know. What are all the bullshit? We Thursday, extra punctuation for members. Uh, lost in time for everybody because that's now an escapist series. We moved enough of destructive to the escapist, so you get the blue dragon yeah, on Lost in Time, and then next week you'll get the Lost Odyssey Lost in Time if you're a member. So it'll be in our new a new Thursday series to flip flop with extra punctuation. Oh my god, I don't want to. Oh don't yeah, wanna, this extra punctuation. Oh, <laughs> this I'm is the thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be featured in. Uh, oh no. Lost in time. Oh, and let me tell you, it's very funny. Huh? Oh, I thought you. I thought you're. <laughs> Goofing about extra punctuation because <laughs> that is oh, a bad extra punctuation is funny too because it's it's uh, Yahtzee talking about sex and games. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very funny, and Nick and I had to have the, the longest conversation about what to cut and what not to cut. We <laughs> yeah. ended up not cutting a lot. The only thing I recommended cutting was pretty much like I think a joke lands better if you don't do this. But at the end of our conversation, I was like, "This is the weirdest fifteen minutes." Yeah, the, I, I, career. I yeah. The first time I read the script, I was like. This is weird, yeah. <laughs> but this is only 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 Yahtzee would get away with this. The rest of us we just call the weird. It's very good. Yah- Yahtzee can get away with it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, but check out everything else. Uh, and thank you to everyone who's a member. Thanks to everyone who just watches live, who donates, who's a patron. Uh, we really genuinely appreciate it, and we're so excited about the uh, massive uh, flock of things we have in store for you. So stay tuned. 
Uh, so for Casey and Nick, this was Marty. This was Breakout Episode 99. Uh, stay tuned uh, in 25 minutes. Casey will be back with Jesse with more Black Flag. And other than that, we'll see you all later. I, I will bring my first craft beer review for Breakout that was promised at Episode 1 to the Episode on 100. You need to bring us 100 craft beer reviews. Oh, God. <laughs> and I will just Okay, I will be a bloated... I will look like the bloaters out of Last of Us, but that's oh, fine. Oh, no! Oh, yeah. uh, and yes, also somebody in chat mentioned Adventures Nigh, episode 3 for members this Saturday. Yeah. So get signed up for Patreon and YouTube membership if you have that. Bye bye. Yeah, bye.